And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And today is such a great day because I'm having one of those people on who I routinely have on once or twice a year because they have so much great information. We never get through it all, and so it's always just a to-be-continued type of, of situation. So join me in welcoming back Kevin Knebel. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, Deb. It's wonderful to be back. Well, and, you know, I think this is at least the third time, maybe if not more, that I have talked with you, because you do have such great information, and my listeners always say that they love it when you're on. Well, you know, your listeners, they read it off the paper exactly the way I write it, and send it to them. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, and you send them the, the 50 cents and all that good stuff. So, <laughs> um, but you are you are a great expert, and I love your posts. You know, we're obviously connected on all the, the major forms of social media. Somebody told me one time they were connected me with me on every social media. I said, I don't think so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so for those who don't know who you are, you know, why not? But let me tell uh, just a little bit about you. So Kevin Knebel is an international speaker, author, trainer, and coach whose clients include small, medium, and Fortune 500 companies. He's an in-demand leading authority on social selling, relationship marketing, LinkedIn, and Twitter with a healthy dose of inspiration, personal development, and humor blended in for good measure for conferences, conventions, company trainings, and many other events. Kevin is the co-author of The Social Media Sales Revolution, The New Rules for Finding Customers, Building Relationships, and Closing More Sales Through Online Networking. He is also a contributing author of Learn Marketing with Social Media in Seven Days. Kevin is the CEO of Knebel Communications, LLC, the social selling and relationship marketing professional services firm. He is recognized as a leading authority on LinkedIn and has trained hundreds, and I think it's probably now thousands, of companies, associations, and organizations, and tens of thousands of business professionals on the most effective uses of LinkedIn since 2004. Kevin also has more recommendations on his LinkedIn profile than anyone else in the world among the over, or actually it's, it probably is pretty close to four, uh, to, to a million. No, wait a minute. I'm reading this number wrong. 380,000 LinkedIn members, right? It's actually 400, it's 414 million. See, I knew I had the numbers wrong. So anyhow, again, Kevin, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Now that I've just totally messed up. No, it's fine. Can you believe there's 414 million people on LinkedIn? Well, and you started uh, really talking about in 2004. I think I joined LinkedIn in maybe 2005. And it's funny because it originally was the place where pretty much all you did was post your resume. That was what they were doing with LinkedIn. That way, you know, companies could find you. You could kind of show that you were somewhat computer savvy just because you could do that. And... Now it has evolved into this huge network of places for business people to connect with each other. And it's been fun to watch along the way. And they've had some missteps. You know, and always, I always cringe when they kind of do that. Ooh, we want to be like Facebook type of changes. Right. But how have you seen LinkedIn change through the years? Well, that's a great question. Um, I have seen it pretty much from the beginning. And just exactly like you said, there are certain things that I would definitely put in the misstep category. And there are things that they, I think they've done quite well. And there are things they continue to misstep on. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, some of them are quite recent. But it's been interesting to see the evolution of the site. So, yes, in the beginning, a lot of people would look at LinkedIn like, well, why would I be on LinkedIn? I'm not looking for a job. I would only go, right. I would only go there if I wanted to post my resume. And, and most people have kind of evolved beyond that thinking that now it's the world's largest Rolodex. So... 
Maybe a, a way or two that it's evolved is obviously they're always turning on new features. And because it is the world's largest database of business professionals, there's an almost unlimited number of ways that they could develop the site because, right. because I understand they have they have work history. They have whatever people are comfortable putting on their profile on over 414 million human beings, two to five new people per second. There's an almost unlimited number of ways that you could monetize or turn that into a, a business tool. So um, the evolution has been pretty wild to see what's happened. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it really always comes back to understanding that it's all about relationships. Right. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things that I see people make the biggest mistakes. And I'll be honest, I probably do it too. We think it's all about me. And, and I forget that, you know, okay, I might have thought that was a great article because I wrote it. And, but, you know, I'm going to post it on LinkedIn and then crickets. <laughs> and then I think, well, people don't love me. Well, you know, <laughs> and it, it could be, you know, I'm, I'm sure people love me. But I'm, I'm also sure that there were a lot of people who went, well, that doesn't pertain to me. I don't care about that. And that comes back to that word that you just said, and that's relationships. How do we really use LinkedIn and, and, you know, obviously social media in general, but in particular, how do we build those relationships on LinkedIn? Yeah, the answer is actually so profoundly simple that most people don't hear it. And, and I'm going to, anybody that's ever heard me speak on stage or worked with me personally or privately or whatever, I keep things, I mean, I kind of have a reputation for keeping things extremely simple. That does not mean that I dumb things down. But, right. but my experience is that most people make things way too hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound a little harsh. I don't, I don't mean to be a jerk when I say this. Listeners that are listening to my voice right now, I'm not trying to make you mad. But here's my super simple statement. A communication tool is only as effective as the communication skills of the person holding the tool. Right. So if I give an iPhone, if I give my iPhone 6S, which is a state-of-the-art technology, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. If I give that to a monkey, the monkey is going to scratch it, bite it, scratch their butt with it, because that's what monkeys do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't diminish the value of the phone. It's just that a monkey right. has no idea what to do with the phone. Yeah. The, the user is going, hmm, okay, whatever. So I have people from all around the world every single day call me, email me, two cans in a string, smoke signals, whatever. And they say, Kevin, I need to get on LinkedIn and it's going to revolutionize my business. Or I need to get on Facebook and the clouds are going to part and all the clients are going to fall out of heaven. And no, no, they're not. Whatever level of communication, relationship, networking, emotional intelligence skills we have before we turn on our computer is the same exact level of those things or lack of level of those things that we have when we turn on our computer. Mm -hmm. So, so a, a simple, a simple thought that you're making me think of is the, the simple act of saying thank you and please. Right. So when I'll give you, I'll kind of tie this up and bring it back to your question. When I get on social media every day, I keep a very, very watchful eye on who's liking, commenting, and sharing whatever I'm posting across LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Those are the four platforms I play on. Okay. I watch that. So at least once a day, I'm looking at, and I have very simple systems to set up where I can monitor who is clicking the like button, who is commenting, and who is sharing. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say what I'm about to say, some people say to me, Kevin, boy, that sounds like it takes a little bit of time. Or a lot of time. Or a lot of time. And again, I don't mean to be harsh, but I'm going to just save people the time. I was working with a client the other day and I said, you know, I, I made a suggestion as to do this or do that. And he said to me, Kevin, that sounds like it would take some time. And I could have, you know, intelligently and articulately handled that. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to cut the chase. Right. I said, mm -hmm. let me ask you something, Jack. If you did what I said to do. And it's, by the way, what I'm telling you to do, Jack, is only going to take you, let's say, 15 minutes a day. But let's just say for the sake of argument, it takes you an hour a day. If you were to take an hour a day implementing my principles, my strategies, and my routines, which is how I refer to the stuff that I, that I do, 
and you knew that it was going to put at least a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year in your pocket after taxes, would you do it? Well, of course. And he said, "Well, yeah." I said, "Well, then shut up and stop lecturing me about time." Mm-hmm. Now it kind of got real quiet on the call with him, and I went, "You still there?" Right. <laughs> and, but the point that I had to break through the noise in his head that the the investment of a little bit of time pays such a humongous ROI in the long run. Right. But we live in such an information overload, Mach 5 with your hairline on fire, impatient. I was just watching Fox News on my television five minutes before we got in this interview. I'm watching Gretchen Carlson say that something like 62% of millennials will not eat cereal in the morning. You want to know why they won't eat cereal in the morning? Takes too long. Because it takes too long to clean the bowl. Oh, to clean the bowl. Ah. Couldn't believe, I'm sitting on my couch watching this and I'm going, are you kidding? Have we really entered an age where people are so lazy? But here's the good part of that. If most people are that lazy, do you realize how low the bar is set right. to actually show up and be a little bit above average? Mm-hmm. So I monitor when people like, comment, and share. And then I publicly thank them. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when somebody takes something that I post on LinkedIn, and they share it to their followers or their connections. And I thank them. Actually, that act of thanking them shows up in the news feed of all my 22,102 first degree connections on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It also shows up in the news feed of the person that I'm thanking. And people are observing that and going, well, this is interesting. I almost never see people say thank you for posting something. And it draws more people to me. I don't do it for that reason, though. I'm not doing it as some reverse psychology ninja marketing method. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it because I think it's the right thing to do. Right. It's polite. It's polite. So here's here's what I consider kind of like the irony of ironies. Doing the right thing actually leads to a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But most people are worried about a lot of money and they avoid doing the right thing. Do you see the irony in that? It is. you know, And, and it's so interesting because... You know, it's like you said, you don't have to be much above average no. to stand out. And and so you did. You stood out with that simple post. And plus it got it back in the news feed and all that good stuff again. But, you know, then people went, wow, this Kevin's a nice guy. And, of course, in your post, you didn't say thank you. And, oh, by the way, I have this <laughs> seminar that you can, you know. And because that's, you know, that's the, the snake oil salesman. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are some times where it it, it is appropriate sure. to say something sure. like that. You know, maybe the article was about a seminar or something. But, um, you know, the second that we just try and build that relationship, the better it is instead of trying to sell, sell, sell. Well, you know, what? I got in sales in 1992. And prior to, be, to be getting in sales, I was a professional piano player in New York City. So I had a completely different occupation I, mm-hmm. I was not, in my mind, a salesperson by any means. And when I got into sales, and I got into sales because I knew I had to find a job after I married my wife, and I met my wife because she booked me to play piano at her wedding to another man. <laughs> oh, oh my. So that's, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yes. So I go from being a right-brained, artsy-fartsy, 18-inch long hair piano player, mm-hmm. cut off my hair, get a suit, go to work for the man, scare, emodium depends, scared. But I had a great mentor early on who told me, Kevin, go ahead, you know, learn your closing skills, learn all that stuff. But what you really want to focus on, Kevin, is you want to focus on interpersonal skills and conversation skills. And he said, Kev, go get a book written back in the 30s by a guy named Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, I speak typically in about one city per week somewhere on earth. I have never once ever, and I mean never, have I ever stood on a stage anywhere on earth without holding up my tattered dog-eared copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People that I bought in October of 1992? Mm-hmm. It's sitting here in my home office right now on my desk. I'm looking at it. I hold that up in the first five minutes of every single presentation I deliver, and I tell the audience, I can tell you everything you want to know about LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I can show you all the bells and whistles, and I can show you what's happening behind the curtain, but none of that matters one fraction as much as you, Mr. or Mrs. audience member, absorbing the timeless principles in this book about how to create, nurture, and deepen relationships. Mm-hmm. People think they have to become social media experts. Everybody listening to me right now drives a car. Nobody knows how to fix a transmission. 
Right. You don't have to be a social media expert. You have to have a basic understanding of social media, but you need to focus on your relationship and conversation skills. That's where the rubber meets. And relationship and conversation skills revolve around things like please, hello, thank you. I mean, I know I'm making this ridiculously simple, but it's really not that complicated. So we create an almost viral inbound interest in who we are and what we do by actually taking the high road, being nice, being polite. We're not being a doormat. We're not giving away the store. We're not trying to pretend like we're Mother Teresa. We're just doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean life's going to be a bed of roses and we're not going to get our teeth kicked in and get our heart broken from time to time. But long term, if we're doing the right things, business has kind of a karma built into it. Right. You know? Well, and it's funny because I, if I'm remembering right, one of the things in the, the original Carnegie training was that a good salesperson kept a, a file on their clients and their potential clients. And they'd written down in their anniversary dates, birth dates, all of those really important things. And then they sent a card. And, and it's funny because, of course, LinkedIn now allows that. Facebook has had that for a long time. And it's a pretty simple little thing just to be able to go in and tell somebody happy birthday. But again, not a lot of people do it. And I've gotten out of the habit of doing it. But you stand out when you do. And, you know, yeah, Facebook reminded me, LinkedIn reminded me. So it, it probably would stand out even more if I sent a physical card. And, you know, it, it really does. It gives you another reason to reach out and touch that person. So maybe you send them a physical birthday card or an anniversary card and you just put your business card in there. That's all the sales you have to do. Or you don't even have to do that. You just brought yourself back top of mind. And then when they're thinking, hey, I need some LinkedIn training, they remember you because you were nice, you were polite, and you wish them happy anniversary. Yes. Um, talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. People, we're so used to people telling us, you know, oh, we, I, I, you know, our customer service is really good or we go above and beyond or we really care about our, that's all talk. Watch what people say. I mean, listen to what people say, but watch what they do. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I, when I have somebody that I, you know, it's kind of funny. It's going to sound like a little bit of a psychology or philosophy talk here, but I was blessed to be the top salesperson in the world for four different companies. Mm -hmm. I don't say that to brag. I just say it to say that I kind of know a little bit about sales. Right. right? Yeah. And it was all through relationship building, I'm guessing. It was all through relationship building. So, mm -hmm. so whatever success I had in corporate sales, and now my business is and has been ever since the beginning, 99% by invitation and referral only. It's not because I'm some closing ninja with, you know, press hard three copies, bottom one's yours, price goes up on Monday. I actually don't even use the word sales anymore, hardly ever. Right. Because... I don't say, hey, when I find somebody on LinkedIn that I want to sell to, and it's important that your listeners really hear what I'm about to say. This isn't semantics. This isn't some clever wordplay. I don't worry about selling anything. All I do is I determine who I want to create, nurture, and deepen a relationship with. Mm -hmm. My experience, not always, not 100%, but pretty high. My experience is that the people that I create, nurture, and deepen relationships with, at least from a business perspective, we ultimately figure out either how to do business together or create some form of a mutually beneficial referral relationship. Right. Now, that's a very different that, – that's playing the game of sales and networking at a much higher level than most people can even imagine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying that to be arrogant like I'm some enlightened Buddha. But it's fundamentally a different game okay? Right. because I'm not in the game of, hey, I got to convince you to buy something from me. I'm in the game of delivering so much value to you that you would have to be an idiot to not eventually say, how the heck do I work with this guy? Mm -hmm. now, that's again, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but it's it is I've come to a realization that I'm learning more and more and more. And I'm turning you into my therapist for five seconds. <laughs> I've come to the realization that myself. And the people, my clients that I work with, we are not playing the same game that everybody else is playing. We are literally playing a different game. And that different game leads itself to a 99% by invitation and referral business. That's, there's not a lot of people out there that are playing that game. Right. They're in the, you know, I'm going to scrape and, and, you know, just barely get by type of business. And, you know, the, the problem is, and I, you know, I'm going to shock 
all the listeners by this. There's a lot of people who do what everybody else does, you know, and, and so you could throw a dartboard at, or you, you could throw a dart at say a networking meeting and hit five other people who do what you do. So it is about building those relationships. And, and in many cases, it takes a long time. You know, somebody, you know, back to, to LinkedIn, maybe they're at a job right now where, you know, they're just an employee and I'm putting that in quotes, but you know, they're, they're not really having to network. They're not having to, to do things, you know, whatever their job is that they're doing, but they've connected, you know, they, they know that you're a great source of information. They've got all of this stuff. Then, oh my, they got a promotion or they're changing jobs and they're thinking, I really need to use LinkedIn. And they remember you because of all of the great communications you've had with them. You know, maybe that's a month, maybe that's 10 years from now. And, and I think that's probably one of the things that a lot of people have trouble with is the we want it now philosophy. And it, it is tricky, especially when you're starting out in business. You have those little things called bills that you have to pay. And so you take anybody that comes through the door, doesn't matter if they're a good fit or not, you just hope that their cash, you know, that their check cashes. And, you know, and we've all been in that position. Sure. But, you know, it's, it, we, we want it, we want it now. And we don't stop to, to really think about the fact that, well, you know, that might work. It might get the bills paid, but then we have to start over tomorrow, getting those, you know, somebody else to do the exact same thing. And when you build those relationships and you have those long-term type of commitment and friendships and, you know, business associates, that's where it really does start to pay off. It does. It's, um, when I work with people, one of the first things I do is I ask them, what business are you in? Mm -hmm. okay. And usually they fall for the bait and the financial advisor will say, I'm in the financial services business or the insurance agent will say, I'm in the insurance business or the lumberjack will say, I'm in the lumberjack business or whatever it is. And I say, well, you're really not. <laughs> you're actually in the relationship business. Right. And they think, oh, that's clever, Kevin. And I go, no, 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 I'm not trying to be clever. I am literally going to drive this into your head as many times as I need to. And sometimes it takes a lot of driving over time. Right. And I want them to understand that I don't care how good of a financial advisor you are. You could be the best financial advisor on earth. But if you're on an island somewhere with a volleyball named Wilson, it really don't matter a whole lot. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if we get up every morning and we remind ourselves, I am in the relationship business, my long term success and really my long term enjoyment and satisfaction in life is not going to come down to how many letters are after my name. Right. It's going to come down to how many people know me, like me and trust me, because mm -hmm. when the duty hits the fan and it will hit the fan. In everybody's life, nobody's immune from this. There will be economic upturns and downturns. There will be, you know, life situations. All of us are going to go through crap. When we go through crap, we're going to find out very quickly whether or not we're surrounded by a bunch of fake friends on Facebook that click the like button or people that could actually pick us out of a lineup and want to either refer business to us, do business with us, or at least commiserate with us or whatever, most people aren't building relationships. Mm -hmm. my, my newsletter, I have a newsletter that goes out every week. Right. When I was coming up with a title for my newsletter years ago, I could have called it the social selling newsletter. I could have called it the relationship marketing newsletter. I could have called it sales. I, the, the title that I went with, and it's on the top of my newsletter every Tuesday morning. The art and science of creating, nurturing, and deepening business relationships. The reason I'm pointing that out is because when you get good, when a person gets good at creating, nurturing, and deepening relationships, sales and referrals, it's like falling off a log. Right. So at the end of the day, it's always about creating the relationships. You mentioned, can I, can I say one more thing real quick? Sure. You mentioned the, the cards, sending cards. Mm -hmm. Every single morning when I get up, I, for many, many years, I have created this habit. And please do not read into what I'm saying that I am like some master of discipline. I am not. But my wife and kids have some bad habits like wanting to live indoors and have warm food. 
I know. How rude. So I've figured out that there are certain things that I need to do whether I want to do them or not. Ironically, once the money starts showing up, you want to do it more. Okay? Mm -hmm. So for me, every day, I actually send out a certain number of handwritten cards. Now, I'm not writing war and peace in these cards. Right. It might just say, hey, Deb, happy February, happy Valentine's Day. I like you, but not in a weird way, Kev, right? <laughs> and and when you get the card, you do exactly what you just did there. Mm -hmm. You laugh. And I probably put it on my bulletin board. It's sitting on your bulletin board or it's sitting right on your desk and you're looking at my name every day. Mm -hmm. And you're saying to yourself, who the heck still sends cards? Right. right. I have a client in Connecticut, been a client of mine for a couple of years. They've paid me. There's no exaggeration here, and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just being honest with you and your listeners. This large Fortune 500 client has paid me over a quarter of a million dollars in the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking for them in London in three weeks. Third time in three years I'm speaking for them in London. If you were to ask the guy at that company who booked me initially and has continued to book me for two and a half, three years. How did you, how did, you know, how did you end up hiring Kevin? He would literally tell you it came from seven postcards that Kevin sent me. Right. Now I speak all around the world on social media. The last thing most people are thinking about is postcards, mm -hmm. but it was seven actual physical postcards and none of those postcards ever mentioned anything about me or my service or it was any kind of thinly veiled sales pitch. Those postcards were exactly what I just said to you in February. Hey, Ed, happy Valentine's Day. I like you not in a weird way. Then in March, hey, Ed, happy St. Patrick's Day. I know you're not Irish, but everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Drink green beer. Hey, Ed, you know, you know, it, it was it was nothing. But I stayed top of mind in a clever, fun way so that when he was right. ready to do something, when he was ready to hire somebody, I was so top of mind. I remember the phone call. He called me after seven months. We had not spoken once in seven months. I had just sent him a postcard a month. After seven months, I remember answering the phone and I said, hello, this is Kevin. How may I serve you? And he said, first off, Kev, this is Ed. First off, I love the postcards. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, thanks. He said, in 30 years in professional sales, I have never once seen anybody in sales ever stay top of mind in such a simple, fun, non-salesy way. Right. And now they and then so so that right there, that little story, have, do I train their people all about all around the world on LinkedIn and social media? Yes. But what got me in the door was differentiating myself from all the other people by just the act of taking three minutes once a month to send a stupid postcard. Well, and I think that one of those things that it that is pointing out is we do have to step away from our keyboard on occasion. You know, it, it, building a relationship is not building a relationship with that that avatar on the screen. Now, granted, you know, we might not ever meet somebody in person, but that's what Skype is for. That's what, you know, all of the various new platforms are for. And, you know, you do some of this stuff on social media, but sending those cards, it really is, you know, it, it's just a, a fabulous way to do that. And, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to do it first thing in the morning. Fine. Sit down on a Sunday when you're watching the movie, when you're watching the football game, whatever, hammer out 20 of them then, you know, it's, it's once you get that routine down, you're going to do it. You know, somebody who flies a lot. Well, you know, what the heck, unless you're on frontier and you don't have a tray table, sit there and, and do your cards when you're on the airplane. Yeah. And, and we, we tend to want to just jump in whole hog. So when, when I, when I teach this to people, and sometimes they push back with the normal. That sounds like it's going to take time. And I say, send one. Just send one. Your goal tomorrow is to take literally 90 seconds to write on a card, hey, Bill, hope you're having a great end to your February. Enjoy the extra day on the 29th. That's it. Just write one right. stupid card. Because if all somebody did was write one card a mm -hmm. day, for 30 days. I don't think they break a sweat if the next 30 days they upped it to two. Right. Maybe three. So it's it's the whole concept of small activities repeated over time produce massive results. Somebody will listen to me and go, oh, geez, he's sending out 25 of these things a day. I could never do that. Well, if I told you you'd live in the top two, two or 3% of income, U.S. income earners, would you do it? And they're like, yeah, I'd do it. And I go, well, then do it. So, right. But I say, well, let, let's make it real simple. 
let's start with one. And kind of what we're kind of talking about here, Deb, is it's it's kind of touching on what I refer to as my pay it forward business model. Right. So tell us what that is. Well, it's it's not it's not rocket science. I'll tell you that. So when I tell people that I operate with what I call a pay it forward business model, they sit there and they go, oh, here it comes. Here comes the magic secret sauce. Right. And they get their pencil ready and their pen and they're ready to type this. In. And I go, this is, no, it's really real. It's going to be a little bit of a letdown, but you might get rich doing it. OK. My pay it forward business model is nothing more than I build a little bit of time into my day every day to figure out a way to offer to help somebody with no strings attached and with no ulterior motive. I'm not saying that I, you know, build five hours into my day. No, we're all busy people. So number one, I build time into my day every single day to pay it forward. And I can give you examples of that in a moment. The other part of the pay it forward business model is I never, ever, ever ask for anything from anyone without first offering them something that they would see value in. Let me define they would see value in because there's a lot of salespeople who will hear me say this and what they don't, they don't hear the words that I just use. It goes through their, their filter and what they hear is thinly veiled sales pitch. Right. That's not what I said. I will never ask for anything from another human being without first offering them something. And it's extremely simple to do. So, and again, business has a karma to it. I don't do this so that the universe will owe me. I do it because I think it's the right thing to do. But it's ironic mm -hmm. that when I kind of, when I started building my life and my business this way many years ago, all of a sudden, over the course of time, uh, that doesn't, that sentence doesn't make sense. Over, all of a sudden, over the course of time, <laughs> over the course of time, and it doesn't have to take five years. It only took seven months with Ed, quarter of a million dollars. Okay. So, um, but over the course of time, you pay it forward enough to enough people on a consistent basis. It is amazing how you plant something over here and then the harvest comes over there. Mm -hmm. But I can guarantee anybody listening to me, I can guarantee you one thing. If you don't plant it first, there ain't no harvest coming. Right. You know, and it can be something as simple as making a quick introduction between two people or, you know, telling them about a great article that, that you saw. I mean, it's it's this is not rocket science, folks. You know, it's stuff that we all should be doing. But we all think, oh, my gosh, I just don't have time to. And but it comes back to exactly what you were saying to start with. You know, take the time to do it because it will show so many benefits. The, the only reason that people think they don't have the time is because they don't really think it through. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that people are stupid, although there are stupid people out there. But the, most people, if they really thought it through, they would say, I can't afford not to run my business this way. Right. Okay? So can I tie in an example with LinkedIn? Sure. Okay. So when people send me a LinkedIn invitation and I accept the LinkedIn invitation, I accept the LinkedIn invitation and then I send them back a nice, polite message. That message is nowhere in any way even remotely resembling a sales pitch or thinly veiled sales pitch. Mm -hmm. Now, that alone right there differentiates me from almost everybody. Right. All the trolls. Because most people don't send a message after you connect with them on LinkedIn. And the small percentage that do, it's a sales pitch. Oh, and it's not even thinly it's veiled. Not even thinly. It's, here's how I can help you today. So my message says something like this. Hey, Deb, thanks so much for connecting with me here on LinkedIn. I'm glad we can begin a mutually beneficial LinkedIn relationship. I speak all around the world. I help a lot of people. But enough about me. So that right there, that was it. That was not a thing. Yep. Just saying, look, I, I, I speak on social media. That's kind of what I do. And then it literally says in the message in caps, but enough about me. I'd love to learn more about you. Right. If I meet a lot of people and perhaps someone that I know or someone that I'm connected to here on LinkedIn might be a good referral or client for you. Mm -hmm. How would I know? if somebody that I'm connected to might be a good client or referral for you to right. your massive success, Kev phone number, email address, blood type, blah, blah, blah. Now, <laughs> when I send that again, I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little harsh. I, first off, this is not some thinly veiled bait and switch. 
Because if you tell people that you're willing to make introductions and you're not really do, willing to do it, and they once they figure out you're a liar, not only will they not do business with you, they'll tell all their friends not to do business. Oh, definitely. So, folks, don't try this at home if you're a jerk, okay? The stuff that I teach is not for jerks, okay? It just I'm not saying that I'm not taking a moral high ground, but once you tell people you're willing to do something, if you don't back that up with action, you're in trouble, okay? So when I send that message, and this is going to sound a little blunt, I mean every single thing that I said in that message. But here's really how I look at the message. I'm sending an IQ test. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that I'm God's gift to anything. But when somebody says to you, in, in a very polite manner, thank you so much for connecting with me. I'm glad we can get a mutually beneficial relationship. I meet a lot of people in the course of my travels. Perhaps some of the people that I know or I'm connected to could be good referrals or clients for you. How would I know if somebody I'm speaking to might be a good referral for you? And you don't respond to that? I, I got to assume it's either one of two reasons why you wouldn't respond. Number one, maybe it got buried in your inbox and you never, right. and you never saw it. Mm -hmm. Or number two, maybe you're a jerk. Yeah. You're, you're one of those people that, oh, I just, you know, I, I was told I should add five people new a day. And hmm, I saw that there's this Kevin person. I'll just send him a request to connect. And I'll accept it probably. Mm -hmm. And I'll send you a message saying I'm all about making mutually beneficial win-win relationships. Maybe I'm connected to some people that could be a good referral. So when a person doesn't respond to that, I guess I'm supposed to think that they're just so busy counting their money. They don't have time for more clients. Right. And so then you don't have time for them. I mean, I hate to be that blunt, but all I, that's all I can um, do. I'm a super, super simple thinker. All I can do is extend my hand in friendship. I can't, yeah. I can't shake it back. Right. You know, and, and it's one of those things, again, it comes back to building those relationships. If, if you get no response, well, and uh, of course, it's not that they're slapping you in the face. No. They had whatever reason. And so then you just move I on. Just move on. You know, yeah. You know, you can't obsess over it. You can't, oh my gosh, I sent them and they ignored me. <laughs> you know, it, it's just you move on because the cool thing is there's lots of other people out there who do respond. And, you know, if it's, and, you know, it's, it's been a long time since we connected on LinkedIn. I'm sure that you did send me one of those. I'm guessing that the very first thing I did was then I went to your profile to look at you more. I'm like, ooh, who is this Kevin guy? Why is he offering to help me? And, you know, that's kind of that big thing is making sure then that your LinkedIn profile is good. And, you know, that's, oh, you know, you probably see far more bad ones than I do. But it's just one of those things that I cringe at when I go to someone's LinkedIn profile, especially if they if they sent me a request to connect and I want to check them out. And, you know, their summary is a sentence. They might have, you know, a little bit of information. They have a photo that is so old that, you know, there's a dinosaur, a live dinosaur in the background. You know, and, and so let's let's get back to talking about LinkedIn and why it is so critical to have it as something that is this living, breathing entity that, that grows and changes over time. If you were like me when you were a kid, you remember hearing somebody tell you that you only have five seconds or 30 seconds or whatever number they made up mm -hmm. to make a first impression. Right. Well, that's more true now than it was before Al Gore invented the internet. Because mm -hmm. yeah, we have the attention span of a nap. And we have tools at our disposal where prior to Al Gore inventing the internet, if I wanted to check out, check out Deb and it's pre-1994, I had very limited ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Now I just look at your social footprint and I literally, right. I'm sitting here talking to you right now. I'm looking at my computer screen. I have multiple tabs open on the top of my computer screen that are always open. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google. Because when somebody named Deb sends me a message and says whatever she says, I immediately pl plug it into my different platforms, not because I'm right. a stalker. This is called being a professional. I say, right, you're just researching. Say, Who is this lady? I can mm -hmm. see looking at LinkedIn, you and I connected, connected on March, January, March 4th, 2013. Mm -hmm. I can see every communication that we've ever had back and forth on LinkedIn. When I click on the relationship button under your picture and I click on the plus, most people don't know that ninja trick that I just gave you there. I can see every single conversation that we've had in a conversation thread. Now, this is called having relationships. I'm not winging it. 
Right. I'm looking at a trail of breadcrumbs going, okay, oh, I forgot Deb told me this or Deb, because I took notes on it. Mm-hmm. So you know, professionals do what amateurs don't. That's why professionals live like amateurs won't. So salespeople are notoriously guilty for not taking notes. Well, I can agree. I, I can, I'm as guilty as anybody else on that. But once I started doing top level sales procedures, then I became a top salesperson in the world. So most people do have the attention span of a gnat, but that's okay. For those, there's always going to be a subset of people that say, you know what? I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the steps to do the things that I need to do to put myself in a different, you know, a different realm. When we were talking earlier about, you know, people obsessing about, oh, he doesn't like me or whatever. The only reason that people would ever get stressed out in business is because they forget a very, very simple thing. We are mosquitoes in a nudist colony of opportunity. Right. But because we live in this world where we're link, look, we look at the world like it's full of lack and, oh, I got to get mine before you get yours and there's a limited sum game and I got to get my slice of the pie because there's only so many pieces in the pie, which is a fundamentally flawed way of looking at the world. Uh, of course, that would lead to all kinds of stress and stupid trying to cut corners and I don't have time to send a car today kind of BS. But when we realize, wait a minute, I am literally a mosquito and I'm surrounded with opportunity and mm-hmm. because the bar is set so damn low, it would take so little for me to just send a card or wish somebody a happy birthday and it completely breaks through all the noise because, oh, wow, Deb really is nice. She really is thinking about me. So what mm-hmm. I said earlier that talk is cheap, talk is cheap. It the is. only thing that's going to break through the noise is proof, is some kind of proof that you actually do care about people. So here, here, let me, let me, uh, let me kind of do the checkmate move on the on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. There's no way other than actually demonstrating that you care about people to get people to know that you really care about them. Right. But the world is full of people trying to tr- trying to sell clever marketing methods that look like you care about them, but you really don't. So why don't we just, why don't we just save each other some time? Why don't we figure the people that we want to build relationships with? Notice I didn't say sell to. Mm -hmm. And why don't we figure out ways to just evidence and show them over time that we're not like everybody else in their world, that we actually do take the time to have little polite internet etiquette or what I call internet etiquette. Why don't we just do the little things that everybody else isn't doing? Cause I'm going to bet and I'll bet however much money your listeners want to bet me. If we will do the little things day to day to day that other people aren't doing, it might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen next week, but you do that 30, 60, 90 days, six months, a year. You can't come back to me and tell me that that hasn't had some impact on your business relationships. Right. Well, and one of the things that I think people tend to get caught up in too is, you know, we we mentioned the fact that they're always thinking, you know, I I have to sell, I have to sell, I have to sell. And then they they bring it down to that person. I have to sell to that person. Well, maybe they're not a person who's ever going to buy your product or service for whatever reason. But, you know, you never know who they know or who they might refer you to. And, you know, I've seen it happen so many times where, you know, I'm at, say, a networking event. And you can tell somebody is thinking, well, I'm not even going to go say hello to that person because they buy their insurance from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they might need a new insurance person. They might have a spouse who needs it. You know, all of these various things. And But that comes back to those relationships. You know, if, if you're not always asking, hey, when are you going to buy from me, as opposed to how can I help you? You know, you, you cut through all of those layers and it's, it is one of those kind of sad things that I see happen all the time is people are really thinking, well, what's in it for me? And if I can't, if you can't, you know, if I can't profit from you, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's just, to me, that's so sad. And maybe that's why, you know, I do what I do with, and, and, you know, obviously what you do is, you know, how can you help people? Period. Yeah. I have no comment on that. (laughs) <laughs> well, and you know, it, it is, it's one of those things. And I've seen people do that so often. And, and I see it happen online too. 
you know, you, um, I see it happen frequently on Facebook and, and where people will, you know, they'll do a post because of course they have to do their post about it. I am going to unfriend everybody who has not interacted with me in the last 30 days. <laughs> start with yeah. me. Start with me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, pick me, pick me. Um, you know, and, and they forget that just because somebody didn't interact with you, whether it was click the like button or share or comment or do whatever, it doesn't mean they didn't see it. You know, and, and so, you know, they might be your biggest advocate and your biggest, you know, salesperson that you don't know about out there, but they're not, you know, they're, they're just not letting you know it. And, and it's, it's funny because I always laugh when I see those posts, because I think, you know, you, you really don't get about how to build relationships. And, and of course, you know, there's a reason Facebook people are called friends. And I mean, how many friends have we had who we still call them friends? But we haven't communicated with them in a month, 10 years, whatever, but they're still a friend, you know, and, and we don't cut them off because we haven't talked to them. And the same thing happens in business. You know, I, I love it when I see things on LinkedIn, especially where, you know, you, for whatever reason, you track somebody down and, you know, maybe you used to work together at ABC company and now they're at XYZ company and, ooh, wow, they might be able to, to we might be able to work together there. You know, and, but if you cut people out just because you haven't communicated with them or more importantly, they haven't communicated with you recently, you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it is interesting to kind of watch how these relationships evolve and change, especially on, on all the social media sites. Um, adults are just kids with long, hairy legs. I know. So, so social media really has nothing to do with technology. It has everything to do with psychology. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is, it is an interesting observation to see people go back to high school once they get on LinkedIn mm -hmm. or Facebook, I'm sorry, on Facebook or what, or even LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. So, um, it's, it's, um, it is an interesting phenomenon and I, I actually, I, I might be going down a different road than we, than, than we would want to go for two. Oh, that's but right. I, I've actually, I've noticed for myself that I've developed more compassion for those people. It's not because I'm some enlightened Buddha. It's just because when I see that kind of behavior, I can see that for what it is, which is really stunted emotional growth, mm -hmm. right? Now, that doesn't mean that I might not work with those people ultimately in some way, but they're decreasing the likelihood that I will. Right. <laughs> right? Just for the simple reason that they're too high maintenance. Right. Just, mm -hmm. it's, you know, I got my own kids to deal with. I don't need to deal with right. a 45 year old kid. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back to simplicity. When we do the right thing, because it's the right thing, not because there might be a dollar sign attached to it. I think that life just becomes a little bit more easy and elegant and, um, fun to live then I have to go out there and, and fight this uphill battle to get clients. People, right. people, you know, that, that old statement, all things, people, all things being equal, people do business and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. You still with me? Right. Still with me yes. Mm -hmm. My yep. computer did something weird. That old statement, all things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. I often stand on stages and I look at the audience and I ask the audience, I say, can you finish this sentence for me? All things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and, and I stop talking, and almost no matter where in the world I am, everybody yells out, trust, right? Mm -hmm. Now, they don't realize I'm setting them up yet. And, that, right. and then I say, okay, we're all in agreement that that's true, right? And they say, yes. I say, is there anybody in the audience who could stand up right now? Come up on stage, I'll hand you the microphone, and you can give me your clearly defined and simple day-to-day -day practice or routine to develop no-like trust relationships with your clients, prospects, networking partners, and strategic alliances, but don't tell me about your e-zine or your newsletter. I've been doing that for many years, asking that question of audience, Deb. I have never once had a human being anywhere on earth get up and come up and get the microphone for me. 
Right. Oh, I wouldn't. When I, when I first, <laughs> you know, because I'd be thinking, oh, oh. <laughs> now, when I first got in business, it, it really was so obvious to me. But again, I don't think I'm any smarter than anybody else. When I heard that statement, all things being equal, that part means assuming we all deliver value. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. When I heard that in 1992, I said to myself, well, then beyond my product knowledge, which is the all things being equal part, beyond my product knowledge, almost everything else that I do in business should revolve around becoming knowable, likable, and trustable. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as simple as that just rolled off my tongue. There will be people that will listen to this interview five years from now. Hello, people people in the future. Okay. Hello. Hello, future people. There will be people that will listen to this interview and go, oh, my God. What he just did was he just made my life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Because w- when I said, well, then, so the, the next thing I said was to myself was, well, then how do I become more knowable, likable, and trustable? And the answer is so unbelievably simple. And it's everything we started talking about 55 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It's the simple little acts of etiquette, please, thank you, very simple little communication things. There's nothing short of you walking up to somebody and handing them a bag of cash. There is nothing that there is going to cause them to know you, like you, and trust you more than you taking a sincere interest in them, which goes back to Dale Carnegie. Right. It's all, everything that I do is encapsulated in Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm just bringing it into the 21st century. Mm -hmm. And I'm just using whatever the current communication platform is. Social media is, you know, it's, it's not a hula hoop. It's not a pet rock. It ain't going away. All I'm doing is saying, let's take these timeless human nature principles, which are never going to change. I don't care how much technology advances. Mm-hmm. We're still going to like it when people remember our birthday. Yeah. We're still going to like it when people say please or thank you. When you do something nice and they actually take an extra second to say thank you. That The irony is that the answer to the question, how do we become knowable, likable, and trustable, is so unbelievably simple. But people search everywhere for it except for where it is right in front of them. Right. And I think one of the important things is... It it does have to be authentic also. Yeah. You know, it can't be that, oh, thank you. You know, and, and you're already looking somewhere else. Or, you know, I, I recently had a birthday and I received a card from a friend of mine. And I thought, oh, look, I got a birthday card from this person. Right. It was the company card right. that was just, you know, it, it was mass produced. Yeah. You know, it, and and he didn't even take the time to sign oh. You know, so it was just his company name. And I, and, and it's funny because I kept the card. I'm not quite sure why. Now, it, it wasn't that it offended me right. because I did think, well, you know, at least he took the time. But if he had, even if he had just signed his name, right. it would have meant more. But if he'd done like you said, you know, at the, the, you know, back when we were talking about the postcards, if he had put a little handwritten note in there, have a fabulous day. Right. That would have meant so much to me than just getting the card. Of course it would. In that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale, one of Dale Carnegie's principles, there's 30 principles in that, in that book, okay? One of the principles is take a sincere interest in other people. Right. Do you know what the most important word in that sentence is? Sincere. You got it. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not just, hey, I'm just going to send a card. It's take the extra three seconds and just write, hey, hope you're having a great February or it's just mm-hmm. something. Right. So at least the person. So can you see how, how what a crazy Mach 5 with our receding hairline on fire kind of world we're living in where people think, oh, I'll just send him a card, but I won't even sign it. Well, save yourself the time. right? Yeah. Because it's going to be talked about on a webcast, you know, between Deb and Kev. Right. right? So, but see how, how little, and again, it takes so, so little to be above average. Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually humorous because as, as I see more and more people losing the art of follow-up and consideration, I just realized that I will never, ever have any competition anywhere on earth. If right. I just remember to always be heart centered and take an extra couple minutes and do the right thing 
I will never, ever worry about business, ever. And it really is just a couple of minutes. I mean, you know, we're, we're not talking about the fact that, you know, you now have to spend four hours of your day doing this. Now, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be different for every person. You do get out of it what you put into it. If you only put in 10 minutes, well, you know, it might not be as successful. But my guess is those 10 minutes will turn into 20 minutes. And the 20 minutes then might, gee, all of a sudden become an hour where you're doing stuff like this because you saw that it worked. Uh, one of the biggest questions people always ask me, and we've only got a couple minutes left, is how much time do I spend on social media every day? And I tell them I'm not going to tell you that because it's always on. And, you know, and, and so it's it's just kind of a hard thing for me to say. But, you know, if, if I only sp if I only spend five minutes, but they're really good five minutes that's better than having the screen open all day and I don't pay attention to anything, you know, or not going there at all. And, and, you know, that's kind of what I tell people, especially with LinkedIn. If you aren't there and doing something, whether it's updating your profile, sending out, you know, uh, a link to an article or whatever, then don't bother. You know, if, if you're not going to put some effort into it, don't bother at all. When the person says, how much time is it going to take? That is a trap that rookie salespeople fall into right because that's the person really doesn't care how much time it's going to take what they want is they want the result yeah what's in it for when me? when i go to the doctor and the doctor says take this medicine i never say to the doctor but how long is it going to take me to swallow it i want to get better yes so <clears throat> so when somebody says how long is this and, and we're kind of going back to what I what I talked about 45 minutes ago when when, mm -hmm. when I went to an extreme with that guy that said to me Kevin it seems like this is going to take a little bit of time and I just said all right if you if it if it took you an hour a day would you do it for a quarter of a million dollars a year and he went uh yeah yeah well then it really doesn't the time doesn't matter does it jack mm -hmm. right but so one of the things I learned early in my sales career is a lot of stuff that people ask are just, and it's not that they're trying to trick you. Right. They just don't even understand the right question to ask. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says to me, Kevin, how long will it take me to use social media? I say, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here? What are you trying to, well, Kevin, I'm trying to get more inbound interest in my product or service. Oh, well, let's talk about ways that maybe we could do that. And once I start to help them, they're not even thinking about how much time will it take me. Right. And it's not that I'm trying to trick them. It's mm -hmm. just, it's an, it's an irrelevant question, right? But right. Because they see the benefits right. and they forget that, you know, oh, I'm going to have to set an egg timer so that I only do this for 15 minutes. And again, so because you and I have expertise in this industry, we really can see what the most important things are and we can see through all the, when I get, I'll go down a different road for 30 seconds. Whenever I get with somebody, that I consider to be absolutely world-class at whatever it is. And, I, and I'm not even talking about social media. It could be cooking, it could be weightlifting, it could be, you know, well, anything in the world you want to imagine. Because most people have such fragile self-images, they want to look like they're smarter than they really are. I have no challenge with looking like an idiot. The thing I always ask an expert in any field is this. Hey, Deb. You obviously know more about this than I do. So I could pepper you with a hundred different questions, which are probably the wrong questions to ask. So here's my only question, Deb. What should I really be asking you right now since I have your attention? Ooh. Now that is a profoundly insightful question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because when you ask that to somebody who's a subject matter expert or, an, or has expertise in a particular subject, they're going, oh my God, I wish everybody would ask me this. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, now you can save me time because I probably would have asked you a hundred different stupid social media questions that really never move the ball down the field. Right. When you go, oh, Kevin, here's really what you should be looking at. And, because, mm -hmm. and that, you see how that is just a, such a humongous saving of time. Right. So whenever I'm with somebody that, uh, that I know they have knowledge that I don't have, I shut up and I say, I could talk, I could blab my mouth. I'm not going to. What should I be asking you? Mm -hmm. I have never had anybody ever say anything other than, wow, what a great question. Right. right? Because nobody ever asks them that. They, they do. They pepper them with the, I don't want to say stupid questions, but the questions that aren't as important. Right. So right. let's save each other time. Find the people that know what they're talking about. Sit at their feet and say, great. You know, Teach me. I could give you my opinion, but that's all it is. You have facts. Mm -hmm. I just have opinions. Right. 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 
Well, Kevin, speaking of time, we've done it again. <laughs> we just barely scratched the surface. You know, we just need to make it a standing date that once a quarter you come on and we do all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's it's been great talking with you. But tell folks how they find you online because you've got some great resources. You you speak, you train, you've got your newsletter, all these things. How do they find you online? Well, they can't. I'm in the Witness Relocation Program. So, oh, okay. so um, it's been nice talking to you all. See you. Um, no, I'm. I'm very, now you're going to have to kill me. Ex- exactly. Okay. I'm very easy to find, folks. KevinKnebel.com. Knebel is five letters. K-N-E-B-L. Could I please buy another vowel? KevinKnebel.com. You can sign up for my newsletter, which is not a thinly veiled sales pitch. It's full of content. You can follow me on on Facebook. You can send me a friend request or a connection request on LinkedIn and mention that you heard me on Deb's show. Um, I'm extremely accessible. That's part of my, uh, you know, that's part of why my business works so well is mm-hmm. that I, I'm very accessible. So if I can help anybody, if you have any questions, thoughts, ideas about anything, I'm a phone call or an email away. I'm extending my hand in friendship. I cannot shake it back. And I want to say thank you, Deb. You are such a pleasure to speak with. We should do this once a quarter. And I do, we should. I do hope at some point before too long we're in the same room at the same place. It would be wonderful to give you a hug. What the heck? We need to be in the same state at the same time. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know, it's it's great talking with you because you do have such great information. And let's just plan on making this a standing date. And maybe we will do this live and in person sometime. That would be a blast. Right. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Kevin Knebel today. And until next week, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.